Welcome to Planet Surgery, a medical podcast by Baxter Advanced Surgery Team. Hello everyone and welcome to the Planet Surgery podcast series. Insights into the world of surgeons, surgery and perioperative practitioners across Europe. My name is Gerhard Mörsdorf and I'm the Medical Affairs Director EMEA for Baxter Advanced Surgery. Today I will have the pleasure to interview Professor Ilka Eyopoglu. At Baxter, our vision is to be a global innovative leader in the operating room, providing solutions that improve patient outcomes and enhance lives. Baxter's podcast program is a new way for you to hear from colleagues across the world. In the first episode, Professor Ilka Eyopoglu, Chief Consultant of the Neurosurgery Department at the University Hospital of Erlangen in Germany, will share his personal experience on cases during COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Professor Eyopoglu, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to have this interview with you. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank uh, you. So, did you personally have to operate on COVID-positive patients? Yes, unfortunately, we have to do. Okay. Uh, we have about uh, three cases on which we have to perform um, surgery, and uh, one was an emergency, and uh, two cases were elective and um, uh, or semi-elective, uh, on uh, from from which we know uh, during the pre-screening phase that they were COVID-19 positive. The one was an incidental aneurysm. Uh, a big incidental aneurysm, so it was not possible to postpone the case. Um, the second one was a malignant glioma, on which we have to do a semi-elective uh, surgery. And the third one was an emergency on which, uh, after a neurotrauma, the patient with the um, acute subdural hematoma on which we have to do operation. And uh, the patient with the acute subdural hematoma unfortunately died. Um, the um, COVID-19 um, COVID um, was very active in this case. It starts to bleed heavily and it was a diffuse bleeding and after surgery we know from this case from this patient that he was COVID-19, not only COVID-19 positive, also he has an infiltration of the lung and he has also diffuse um, blood clots in the brain, so a diffuse bleeding. And uh, the elective cases, uh, our experience was uh, that um, it really bleeds faster and easier, but uh, you have a good control um, if you are well prepared. So you can do surgery on these uh, kind of patients with the COVID-19 um, positive test but you have to be prepared. That's our experience. Okay. I think that sounds very interesting, especially when you say there was a subdural hematoma. Do you think that COVID-19 was uh, a reason for this hematoma? Because we know that... No, no. Uh, In no. this case, the direct consequence was... A, uh, the consequence for the subdural hematoma was mm -hmm. uh, a trauma. Ah, okay. So, but what we know is after the trauma, uh, and uh, after the operation, we do a routine CT scan because of the diffuse bleeding. 
And there we um, identified uh, diffuse bleedings uh, in the whole brain. And um, at this time we, had, uh, we get also re the result that the patient is COVID-19 positive. And thereafter, after the CT scan, we did also a CT scan of the lung and there we see heavy infiltrates. Mm -hmm. And um, so the subdural hematoma was a co coincidence with the mm -hmm. uh, COVID-19. But COVID-19 is influencing the bleeding. Yeah, yeah we know that COVID-19 has uh, some impact on the coagulation cascade. So yes. that the patients are more on a pro-coagulant status. That mm -hmm. means uh, prone to thrombosis. Were your patients on any kind of anticoagulants or heparinized? No. So there were just the COVID-19 compromised uh, coagulation yes, and no right. coagulation. Additionally, yeah. we have two cases on the ICU, on the COVID ICU. Um, uh, we have about uh, a total of, uh, I think, 50 patients with, um, during the whole area, um, which were, uh, who were COVID-19 positive. And uh, two died because of uh, diffuse cerebral bleedings. And in um, these cases, uh, we know they have a very heavy COVID-19 infection. Okay. And in these cases, we know th these patients were ventilated by an ECMO. Mm -hmm. So they were very ill. And uh, in these cases, uh, we, uh, we, use, we have to use uh, heparin. As, uh, uh, an, as an inductor for coagulation. Mm -hmm. But the heparin was not the consequence for the bleeding. Our postulation is that it is more a, a thrombotic ble bleeding. That means you have a, a, a venous um, a stasis, mm -hmm. and uh, because of this, it starts to bleed ah, okay. in the whole brain. Okay, that's very interesting. So you see really, as a surgeon, the impact of COVID-19 on bleeding when you're operating on yes, the patients. Yes, absolutely. And you were mentioning that you had to change your strategy because they bleed easily and quite heavily. So what is the consequence in your strategy regarding hemostasis on those patients? Um, try to use as fast as possible um, hemostatic products. This is my consequence. If you know the patient, for example, in an elective case, and you know that the patient is COVID-19 positive, and you have to perform a surgery, um, try to use um, compounds uh, very early. That mm -hmm. is my conclusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know you were talking about, uh, let's say, active hemostatic agents that uh, really work in patients where the coagulation is compromised yes. and not passive agents. That's right. It, okay. is, it is not, for example, routinely we use or all, almost all neurosurgeons use gelatin or uh, oxi, uh, oxidized uh, cellulose. Mm -hmm. uh, in patients with COVID-19, um, uh, in patients which, uh, who were COVID-19 positive, um, it does not work really mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. So you have to use um, active sealants, um, that is, for example, uh, uh, fibrin glue or um, PEG coated or fibrogen coated materials. Yeah, yeah I think that's it's a very interesting observation because we know that from the mechanism of action, 
these passive products, they use an intact coagulation cascade because mm -hmm. they only kick on the, um, uh, the contact activation. And if the coagulation of the patient is disturbed, then you cannot create a clot. That's right. And that's the good thing about the active agents. So what is your perspective for the future? We now have the first peak of COVID-19 more or less behind us. I know you are... I hope we have no second peak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if so, you should... Um, uh, first of all, you, you should screen the patients. This is, it is a re really relevant aspect that before doing performing surgery, you should check the patient whether they are COVID-19 positive or not. Mm -hmm. This would help to, um, to, to create for your own uh, safety an algorithm um, how, to, how to do the operation. And we know, actually we know in our department that in COVID-19 positive patients, our strategy must be a little bit different than uh, in patients which were COVID-19 negative. Mm -hmm. So definitely learning from the first peak of COVID to be prepared for absolutely, uh, hopefully not coming second peak. Yes. And I know you are back to almost normal surgery, treating elective cases, and let's keep fingers crossed that it stays like this. I hope so. <laughs> and that you can reduce the patients on your waiting list uh, with elective procedures. So thanks a lot, Professor Ayopoglu. You're welcome. That was a very interesting uh, conversation that we could have. And uh, to the audience, please contact us for any feedback or question. And if you want to be our next speaker, by clicking on the Contact Us button on this webpage, you can apply for becoming a speaker. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget to come back in two weeks to listen to our next episode. <laughs>